Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Okay, across the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find links to the audio-only live stream. Uh, Just click on the live stream link. And, of course, links to our social media and so much more. The podcast, you'll find links to the podcast, which is available on... um, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, Spotify. And broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello and happy hump day to you. It is the uh, Michael Duke Show. Uh, Today um, is a little bit bit different. Uh, than uh, what I had originally planned. Oh, it's just you know, that's <clears throat> what's the what's the old saying that uh, God laughs while we make plans, kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind of how it turns out uh, to be today. Uh, and so it's just you and me today. Just you and me hanging out, talking about stuff, and uh, getting ready to discuss. All the good stuff. So welcome to the 6 o'clock club, and uh, thank you for coming in and joining us. Um, I will say, tomorrow on the program, we will be joined in Hour 2, at least, by uh, former senatorial candidate Kelly Chewbacca. She will be with us uh, tomorrow, and we will be talking with her about rank choice voting. And we'll see what uh, what her plans entail. Uh, she is working hard to educate Alaskans on the problems and why ranked choice voting uh, is uh, probably not uh, not the best thing for the state of Alaska. She's not working on the referendum or anything, but she is working to educate folks and to, uh, uh, you know, to, to bring us kind of try and bring us back to where we were before the whole debacle got uh, started. So she's going to be joining us on Thursday. On Friday, it will be Dr. John Lott, uh, president of the Crime Prevention Research Center and author of many books, including The War on Guns and More Guns, Less Crime, etc., etc., etc. And he'll be joining us on Firearms Friday along with, of course, Willie Waffle and uh, more. So, man. So. Today we're going to be uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of stuff here. We are going to talk about some of the news of the day, some of the stuff that's going on around there, and um, and and have conversations with you. So I guess first and foremost, let me remind you that if you enjoy the program every day. Might I suggest? Might I suggest that you join the Common Sense Core? 
the Common Sense Core is our cool kids club. I mean, it's right here. Uh, it is our cool kids club. Uh, it is the way to help support the show for as little as, I don't know, three bucks a month or something. You can help uh, make sure that I have coffee in my mug and my kids have shoes on their feet. And, uh, of course, it's also helped to uh, make all the studio changes and improvements happen and all that kind of stuff. So it is a uh, it's a great way to help uh, support the show. So go to patreon.com slash Michael Duke show or just go to just go to Michael Duke show dot com and click on the big thing at the top that says join the core. Uh, that's the first way to do it. Now, let me turn the phone lines on now that I've done all that. Phone lines are open. 907-433-3150-907-433-3150. And of course, this program powered each and every day by your friends over there at Satellite West across the state of Alaska. SatelliteWest.com is where you go. It doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> Chignik to Chickaloon. Cordova to Cake. Kaktovic to Kotzebue. Man, I like that. Uh, it is Satellite West that keeps you in contact in all of those places and more, whether it's Internet, uh, whether it's uh, sending a text message, whether it's surfing, the, you know, getting an email or just regular phone calls. Satellite West has the equipment. Uh, they have the tools. They have the talent to let you be uh, in connected in connectivity. Uh, they have you to stay plugged in. Across the state of Alaska, go to SatelliteWest.com and thank them for sponsoring the program <clears throat> for today. So the phone lines are open and we're ready to take some calls. Uh, and I want to talk, uh, I want to continue in part, in part, I want to continue part of our conversation from yesterday. Where I was asking the question of many of you, what is the answer? Because we had Brad on and of course Brad talks about taxes. And Brad has advocated um, for the last, uh, I don't know how many years on the program, I guess eight years on the program. We started off, <clears throat> both Brad and I, doing the same thing, advocating for cuts uh, to government and bringing the uh, budget down to a sustainable level. Uh, and about four years ago, Brad started saying uh, something which, I mean, I agree with, but in my heart of hearts, I still have a hard time with. Uh, he, you know, he basically explained and, and acknowledged the thing that I think we all know right now, which is there is no political will to cut the size and scope of government at this point. It's just it's pretty it's pretty blatantly obvious that with the elected officials that we have right now, uh, although we have changed out a huge amount of the legislature in the last five years, you know, with the whole changing the players thing. Um, it is a, you know, it, it, we, we still don't have the right players in there to make the difference because while we've changed out a lot of the younger ancillary, less, uh, influential players, some of the core of the old school of the business as usual crowd, um, are still there and they are basically, holding the entire legislature hostage to their will. And I'm talking about names like Bryce Edgman. I'm talking about people like Bert Stedman. I'm talking about, you know, and, and of course, we've also lost some seats. So now we've got a Kathy Giesel back in there. Uh, and Gary Stevens has been there forever. And so it is a basically it is very problematic for us to be able to achieve our goal, which is 
a lesser size and scope of government. And so uh, Brad has started talking about, well, if there's going to be a tax, and there already is a tax, by the way, the taking of the permanent fund is essentially a tax. I mean, we had the we read you the components yesterday from the from Ed King's piece, which I think is fantastic, by the way, on the explanation about the PFD and that those cuts are literally taxes. But if we are going to be taxed, we should choose the tax that is the least painful. And that's why he started advocating very heavily for a flat tax. Now, the second that Brad comes on and starts talking about taxes, some people in the chat room lose their minds. I mean, absolutely what kind of crap they accuse Brad of being paid by the oil companies. Uh, I've been called a moron for not for even considering this. And, you know, what, and am I a simpleton? And why can't I just, you know, see what's going Am I really don't love liberty because I had Brad on to talk about this and, and everything else? But the problem is, I'm like, okay, so what is the solution? I want to know. I want to know, because if we don't at least talk about all the options that are on the table, and I'm not a fan of taxes. I'm not a fan of the tax. But again, we are already being taxed. So should we pick the poison that we're being poisoned with uh, is, first of all, is my question. Second of all, I'm open to alternative ideas. I'm open to it. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm willing. I'm able. Tell me what the solution is. Well, you know, we, we could just we could just tax the oil companies. Well, show me the political will for that. Right. Plus the ramifications of what does that do for exploration if we go too far in the other? I agree. I think that there's and Brad agrees. Brad has said it on the program. There's a good four or five hundred million dollars that is on the table in the taxation scheme that we could probably get from the major oil companies. And he points out that the whole Hillcorp thing, that could generate, if they could fix the problem from when Hillcorp bought all the BP assets, their tax structure or the way that it is, it slipped through the way the Alaska Code is written and the state is losing $100 million a year from that alone. So Brad's talked about that. He's talked about the money that's still left on the table from the regular tax. So there's probably five or six hundred million dollars that is still available uh, to be able to tax from the oil companies. But some people are throwing around numbers like a billion dollars. We're going to tax the oil companies a billion dollars. And they'll do what they've always done. They'll treat us like a land bank. They'll step away for the moment and say, okay, fine. Well, we'll go develop oil where it's cheaper and we can get a better deal for right now. We'll just leave you there because the oil's not going anywhere. And then we'll come back one day when you treat us better or you're the only game in town, which is what they've done in the past. They have treated, remember Frank DeLong from Fairbanks, who was one of the members of what a, the Interior Alaska Roundtable was the name of the show. They were colloquially known as the grumpy old men. Uh, it was Frank DeLong, it was Stu Rothman, it was uh, Harold, uh, uh, Harold, um, Harold Cal, oh, no. apparently I'm getting old, it's 23 years ago, I can't remember uh, Harold's last name, but he was one of the, Harold Gillum, Harold Gillum, he was one of the uh, uh, grumpy, and they all talked about this, that, you know, Alaska was being treated by the oil companies, now Frank DeLong was a 50-year oil executive. Worked for Standard Oil, uh, Unico and Standard Oil, and he would just rail about the fact that the oil companies were treating Alaska like a land bank. 
They would just leave the oil there. They'd set up some structure, and then they'd just hold on to it, develop, do as little as they could because they knew that they could go to other places and exploit the oil and do whatever it is, get a great deal, get it out as quickly as they had because those places weren't geopolitically stable, and then they would just leave Alaska to last because why not? Because they had us by the short and this is, Frank was talking about this 20 years ago. And now, so so for those that say, well, we'll just, we'll just charge it all to the oil guys. I agree that there is some money to be had there, but we cannot build the entire economy on the backs of, because there is going to be no billion dollar change. There's, ne- there's not going to be any billion dollar oil tax change. Five, six hundred million? Maybe. Possibly. The fiscal policy working group talked about that. I think their number was three or four hundred. But if you change the if you change the Hillcorp thing and if you got some more oil, to, you could probably get half a billion dollars out of that. And so, <clears throat> unless you know, if what other options you got? Tell me, tell me what else you got? What else? What else is on? What is the solution? I want to know. I want to know what's going on. So the phone lines are open for that. And I want to know what your thoughts are. If you've got a, if you've got a, uh, um, uh, an idea or something you think is feasible, let's discuss it. I'm open to talking about all the various options. Yes, including the taxes, the pros and cons of it, compared to what we have right now. I'm open to at least discussing it. I could still be against something and discuss the components of it. Why not? Plus, we've got headlines, including the latest on what happened to this teacher in the Matsu. You probably heard about this. This, uh, not teacher. She's, well, she was a teacher, but now she's a principal. And in fact, she was the principal of the year. Uh, and state troopers came and arrested her and submitted her for mental evaluation, for a mental health check. Turns out, um, Somebody got some splaining to do. Somebody got some splaining to do. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what's going on um, in uh, the legislature and kind of wherever the 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 phone calls take us this morning. Just kind of where it's going to end. And we're going to talk about what if, but probably not the what if you're thinking about. Because in the past when we've talked about what if, it's been like, what if the dollar collapses? What if the zombies come? What if uh, thermonuclear? What if aliens land? How do you survive? Well, But we're going to talk about hmm, something a little bit more. Just kind of what if, uh, uh, some other what if scenarios that may surprise you. We're going to talk about that. How about it? Does that sound good? All right. Um, so the phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. We will return with more The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay, good morning, folks. Um, how are you doing? Um, huh, Rob says, 
The advent of fracking changed the oil game 15 years ago. Since then, Alaska's production dropped by a third and Texas's production 12 times what it was then. It's true. I mean, things things are definitely changing. Um, um, elect Republicans instead of traitors. Well, I mean, people are trying, definitely trying. There's no political will for new revenues, Chris said. Well, um, uh, there might be. I think that there's more political will for new revenues than there is for cutting at this point. I mean, don't don't you? I, I think that if you weighed them on a scale, the political will for uh, for cuts would be like, you know, and the will for new revenues are, you know, probably on the other side. That's kind of where kind of where I'm at on this. Um, uh, Tuckerman's talking about Kelly. Yeah, the Preserve Democracy is the group that Kelly is uh, working with uh, to help educate people about uh, ranked choice voting and uh, see what's going on. Kelly's going to be on the program tomorrow on the 7 o'clock hour to talk about Preserve Democracy and what her plan is to help against the ranked choice votings. What, what is the solution? This is when you get crickets from the complainers. I, I'm legitimately not trying to point fingers. I'm just legitimately trying to say, okay, well, what is the answer? What is the answer? Please help me. Help me. Help me. Um, all right. Not Natasha always comes to mind when I see suggestion for the 20% and let them eat cake too. Um, <clears throat> What exactly is being done to fight ranked choice voting? We're going to talk about that. Um, um, and we will, uh, we'll, again, we'll be talking about that with Kelly Chewbacca tomorrow. Looks like we got one line on hold. So let's go over to them and see who they are. We'll get their name and where they're calling from so that when we return to the radio in two minutes and 10 seconds, we know who we're chatting with. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Michael, this is Jim from Fairbanks. Okay. There's no cricket. There's no cricket oh, here. Hold on. Okay, Jim. No crickets from Fairbanks. Jim is going to tell us all about what his ideas are, and uh, we're going to be right back to you, Jim. So don't uh, don't go anywhere. Let me uh, <clears throat> put your name in here just in case, because in two minutes I could forget what your name was already, Jim. That's how that's how that's how good it is around here. That's how good it is around here. All right. <clears throat> Um, I was confused by ranked choice voting. That's why I didn't vote in 2022, said Amy. Nobody has answers, just complaints, says Melissa. Well, that's, I remember Michael Dresser used to be on the, uh, uh, used to be on the radio on KFAR back in the day. God, this is 15 years ago. And he hosted Problem Corner for a while, and then he had his own show and everything else. And he used to call a big segment of his show the, the, uh, the bitter, uh, the, oh, I can't remember what the I stood for, but it was the, oh, bitter individual telephone caller hour. Spell that out. The bitter individual telephone caller hour. Because that's all it was. It was just, it just, no, it was all complaints. It was all bitching. It was just, all of it was just, can we find some solutions? I mean, that's why I'm willing to talk about things that, send some people into an absolute frenzy because I'm like, okay, let's talk about all the options. 
Uh, I mean, I could see some positives in every plan. Doesn't mean that I want to support the plan, but there are some, always some positives to any plan. But you've got to find all the, you know, you got to find all the information and you got to discuss it. You know, if you're not willing to even discuss something, uh, you know, I, I just think a closed mind is just, closed mind is a terrible thing to waste. Okay. Um, We'll see what we're going on. Um, all right, we're gonna come into it here. Jim in Fairbanks is on the line. We're 13 seconds out. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Okay, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now. We're going to jump into some of these headlines, but as I said, uh, the phone lines are open today, so I want to hear from you. And, of course, I want to know what the solutions are. I read a comment from the chat room here a minute ago where people say, well, it's, you know, crickets when you ask for, you know, what's the solution to get crickets from the people that complain. Jim says no crickets from him. Jim wants to talk about it. He's up in Fairbanks. Jim, what's your thoughts on how we solve this problem? I'd love to hear it. Oh, Michael. So, first of all, I'm I I I'm probably one of the cats that freaks out when Brad starts talking about taxes. Sure, only sure. because um, I I think that I think that give up so quickly, and it, it looks like there's no end in sight, and so you just go to the next worst thing. And so, you know, obviously people want to say, nah, no taxes. We want to cut spending, cut spending, cut spending. This is strictly my opinion. This is strictly from the book of Jim. It means probably nothing to anybody else. But my big issue with all of this stems at Juno. When I say Juno, I mean the actual place. So I think in the, the group, in the, in the castles out there, Juno is that they're away from the people and so they get to make those decisions and so I think the big issue is getting I've always said it is getting the capital I, I talked to I, I talked to so many of the cats that went out there or, or trying to go out there and, and and train change the world and I asked them you know what do you think about getting Juno you know getting the capital back to the people and they all kind of laughed went, well the place is on fire right now so we got a bigger problem the place is on fire because they are so tucked away, away from the people, they don't feel the pressure. Right. Well, well that's my deal. Well, oh, you've got to get them to feel the pressure. Yeah. I, look, I'm gonna, Go I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna agree with you, but I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna agree and disagree. I don't think we need to get the capital because, see, okay. that's the fight that we've continued to have all the time. In fact, we voted five times, seven times to move the capital. Uh, it failed a couple times. It's passed a couple times. You know, the, the battle becomes this whole thing about moving the capital. Stop that fight. Stop the fight about moving the capital. Just mandate that the legislative session needs to be on the road system where the majority of Alaskans can attend. 
Just the legislative session. Now, there's precedent for that. It's happened. We've done it. We've held sessions in Fairbanks. We've held, you know, sessions and special sessions on the road system in Anchorage. Just do that. You know, don't try and move the Capitol because, oh, my God, the battle royale to begin. There are whole nonprofits that are dedicated to keeping the Capitol in Juneau that have got hundreds of thousands of dollars saved up right now waiting for us to just flex that muscle. So stop with that. Just put the legislative session in Juneau. So, but you're right. Uh, I think part of the problem is they are disconnected. They're in a bubble, a fishbowl. I remember Tammy Wilson telling me, she said, you know how many times in the last, I think at that point she'd been in the legislature for seven or eight years. She said, you know how many times an average citizen not connected with a nonprofit or a board or an NGO or having their ticket paid for by some other entity or organization came down here and stood in my office and talked about legislation. And I said, how many? She goes, in eight years, that's what it was. It was eight years. She said, I can count it on one hand. The number of times a private citizen has come into my office from somewhere else in the state. That's insane. She goes, and I get, I get two to three visitors a day. And in eight years, only five of them have been from, you know, not part of a PTA or an NGO or a group or an organization or a lobbyist or something like that. So you're right. I think getting them in front of the people where they can hold these meetings and instead of having, you know, 450 people on the phone fighting to get in there, they'd have to look at 400 or 200 or even 100 of them in the room with them. That changes the. I mean, I've, you've been on an uh, uh, on an elected body. I've been on an elected body. When the room is full of people, it's a different dynamic than if you're just talking to a telephone, right? I've been laughed at by by when I called in. When I've called in, you can hear the group laugh. It's 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 absolutely maddening to know that that they are protected, and and honestly. You know, this is still from the book of Jim. Tar and feathers have to come back. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> tar feathers have to come back. Should dueling come back, Jim? Should we be? Should we legally be allowed to duel again? <laughs> I, I just want to know. The book of Jim I, I'm says. I'm just saying that I think I think that's a great start is to get the, the the body to meet on the road system. I think that's effective. But still, the 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 back the back door backroom meetings. And you're right, absolutely. The nonprofits are sucking. Alaska dry. And there's there's got to be something. I well, mean, obviously, there are nonprofits that are great. Look, Jim, it's the nonprofits. But there are a lot of nonprofits. Uh, look, it, it's the nonprofits but, on the it's the nonprofits on the one side. And on the other side, it's the businesses who have built their entire business plan around government contracts. So you got the nonprofits on the one side, you got the contractors and the generals and the road builders and all the infrastructure people and the teachers on the other side. So you've got both. You've got both sides are sucking at this, you know, they're like eating the pasta in Lady and the Tramp, except you don't get to kiss in the end. The whole thing explodes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Kissing at the end. There was. So that's the, that's the thing, Michael. That's the thing. That's, you, you have to go to the core stuff. You continue to fight and say, no taxes. You guys got to figure this stuff out. You're, and, and the other thing is, once you start saying, okay, taxes, they've already proven that they can take the TFB. So they're going to take, they're going to go do the taxes. They'll give us a little, little, you know, spare a couple of years maybe on the PFE and then they'll come back for it. It's, it's not going to be, it's well, never enough. Or I'll turn it around the other way, Jim. They're going to come after the PFD and they will okay, whittle go. it, they will whittle it down to nothing. 
And then they'll tax us anyway. And then they'll tax. Yep. Yep. So that's why the core issue is getting them in front of the people. Yeah. All right, Jim. Well, thank and, you. You know what, Michael? You should you should do real quick, real quick. You should do a, a GoFundMe <laughs> that goes nationwide for the citizens to get plane tickets to go to Juno and to petition their government. Well, that would be interesting. See what news that gets. That would be interesting. Yeah, we'd like to be able to. We'd actually like to be able to go to the Capitol and stand in front of our legislators. Please help us. We need it. Can, can, Please yeah. help us. Yeah, yeah. please help yep. us. All right, Jim. Thank you for, uh, for thank you, Michael. Thank you for reading from the book of Jim today. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for calling in. <laughs> Over here we go. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Michael, this is Ron in North Pole, and oh. I just called to uh, inject a little piece of history. Uh, Many years ago, uh, my office shared a group of offices with uh, then-Senator, the late Don Bennett. And uh, on one occasion, he said something that was pretty meaningful. He said, from the moment your foot hits the tarmac until the moment your foot hits the step going into the airplane, those people are working on you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like every day. Every single, and that's what Tammy was like. She goes, it's like two or three or four people a day coming in here with their hand out. I remember during the 1999 run at the PFD, when they took the run at the PFD in 1999, uh, when they put it in front of a vote of the people, um, and uh, it was soundly defeated. And But John Coghill was one of the ones that were supporting it, and I had him on the program. And John and I were friends at the time, uh, you know, acquaintances, knew each other pretty well. And we were, I thought we were kind of of the same opinions and cloth. And I'm like, John, how could you support, how could you, he goes, well, you just don't understand. He goes, people come in every day and they tell us their stories and, and, you know, how this money would help them. And when we just, you know, I it, it feel like it's my Christian duty to help these people. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not, if it's your money, fine, but it's not your money. It's our money. You're using our money because all these people come in hat in hand. And I know that it wasn't just Mary and Sue, uh, you know, Joe and Sally Alaskan that were coming in there. It was NGOs. It was nonprofits. It was, uh, you know, unions and organizations and lobbyists that were coming in there and telling the sob story every day about how we could change the world if you'd just give us some money. But you're right. I watch, I've watch. i watched legislators go down there with the best of it. John Coghill stood outside the caucus for the first two years that he was down there because he refused to bow down to what they wanted to do. And then they offered him a speakership. And the next thing you know, now he is, and he is just slowly subsumed by the machine. Like you said, for the minute they step up, step off the plane to the minute they get back on board, somebody is working you. And I mean, this is why I could never be a legislator. Cause I exactly just, so. I just lock my office door and say, get out. All right. I'll cut you I'll let you go with that. Take Thanks, care, sir. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate it. All right, one more call here uh, uh, on the line. If you'd like to call in, 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is G-Man calling from Fairbanks. Hello, G-Man. What's on your mind, sir? So, first of all, there's nothing official about an elected official. Uh they are elected um, representatives to their constituents, to the voting, voting population. They've lost that. They don't believe in that anymore. 
who controls them and who runs them are corporate sponsors and lobbyists and fundraising groups. So they've lost touch with the people. And this isn't only state. Uh, it's local and national. Uh, that's one comment I had. And the other comment I wanted to, to, to bring up was um, why uh, we did, first of all, we didn't pass the uh, ranked choice voting. That particular ballot was flipped by uh, perverted voting tabulators. We use Dominion voting tabulators and they run algorithms. They're programmed, they're pre-programmed to pick whatever result they want. So we have to work on getting rid of our voting tabulators and go back to, um, we have to go back to hand count ballots. Well, I and would. We can do it. I would just. We I would it before we can do it again. I, you know, gee, man, I know that that's been one of the that's been one of the theories that people have been throwing around. I, I personally, uh, I don't be, I don't believe that. I don't believe that it was stolen or anything else. I believe that people voted for it. I believe they voted for it because they were convinced by all the dark money. Uh, you know, the the, the the campaign to sell the ranked choice voting was literally not about ranked choice voting. It was literally about dark money. 90% of their ads talked about getting the dark money out of politics, which was disingenuous at best and an outright lie at worst. That's what that's what I believe. Now, you guys can believe whatever you want, but that's what I believe. Do I think we have problems, uh, you know, across the country with uh, with elections and voting tabulation and, and uh, you know, some chicanery? Yeah, I think that there's questions and I think that they need to be answered. I don't think we should just ignore them. But I don't believe that it was a I personally don't believe that it was a big uh, conspiracy to do that. I think they spent seven million dollars to convince Alaskan voters that that whole thing was just about dark money. And and I think that's why it passed. And that's why it passed with just such a small fractional win. I mean, it was less than, was it, 0.1% or something like that. It was it was close. But I don't want to get, I don't want to get too, uh, uh, I don't want to get uh, 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 diverted into that whole mess. Because I think the answer is they had the money. They got the pitch. They got the right pitch. They got Alaskans scared about the dark money thing. And yet it changed nothing about that. I think if you held the vote today, the same vote today, it would be completely different. That's that's my hot take on it. How about that? Thank you, Jim. Or thank you, uh, G-Man, for the call. we got to go. We're going to be back. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for Common Sense Radio. The phone lines are open today, so if you want to sound off, I'd love to hear you. I still got these news stories, including this story about the teacher or the principal of the year who got arrested for sharing her story about her passion for Christ and conversion and about her religious beliefs on her own personal Facebook page. I mean, what? Oh, yeah. This should make national news, quite honestly. We're going to talk about this. The Michael Duke Show. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. 
Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, in the break right now, uh, trying to uh, see what you get. Oh, bad people got all of a sudden uh, dueling, fencing. Um, why is the last 30 minutes of sleep always the best, asked Brian. I don't, I don't know, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, uh, let's see, going through here. Uh, lowest voter turnout in state history. Voter suppression denies what voters really want. Repeal this nonsense of ranked choice where some people get two or three votes and others only get one vote. I uh, I agree. I mean, if there's going to – they've termed it instant runoff. But the thing is, you know, circumstances change from one thing to the next. When you do come to a runoff, maybe your ideas or your feelings have changed uh, around the sector. I don't want to do it all at once. I want to do it one step at a time. Is it more – convoluted yes is it more painful sometimes yes is it more expensive absolutely but i get to choose each time i go into that booth and make that decision this whole idea of instant runoff is just because you're right it's a disenfranchisement of those voters who only voted for one person or two people if it goes for three or four rounds then they're shut out in the cold it is a disenfranchisement period that's just the way it is uh, Melissa says, yes, absolutely. Put the, uh, put the legislative session on the road system. Um, dueling would be great. Um, scroll, scrolling down here. Uh, sales tax is the only fair tax out there. You pay what you consume, you pay. Um, I mean, we could argue about that, uh, uh, Gary. Um, I think that, uh, just like, you know, Stephen Moore and and uh, and everybody else. I, I mean, I I think if you if you have to have a tax, then a flat tax I think is still the now it has to be a specific kind of flat tax. Shouldn't you know capital gains and all that kind of stuff needs to be left aside and all that. Just a flat tax is probably still the 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 uh, most equitable because whether you consume or not, whether you do or not, it doesn't matter. It's the same two or three percent of everything that you know so if you make ten thousand and you make a hundred thousand it's still three percent that's the most equitable in my opinion not that i want it but if you're asking specifically about that then yes um uh i guess i'm willing to support someone in a fight like repealing the fiasco if i know specifically what actions they're taking says richard no handouts get a job and figure it out um uh let's see. Um ba 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 constitutional republic. Uh there's no person I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just scrolling through all the comments here. Um ballot measure number two is an illegal ballot. There is only be one item per ballot measure. There were three items. Uh, on that ballot measure, you can thank Kevin Meyer for that, says Terry. And uh, quite honestly, I agree. N- I mean, there should there should never be a ballot measure that has twenty <clears throat> excuse me twenty seven page twenty six twenty seven pages of instructions. Twenty, you know, a twenty six page explanation of everything that this ballot measure would change. That is 
insane. Because do you think anybody actually sat down and read all 26 pages and pulled out the statute book uh, because it referenced a bunch of statutes that it didn't list in the thing? It just referenced the statutes that were good. Do you think that, I mean, I, I, I just I just don't know. I, I, it's just it's insane. Absolutely insane. Um, um, bah, 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 bah. Uh, Matsu got rid of the machines. Sales tax would be a drag on the economy. We have a flat tax. They took the same amount from everyone's PFD. This is true. Yeah, I mean, that is in some forms, you could argue that that's a flat tax. What I'm arguing for in that case, if you're saying which one of these is the least worst scenario, it would be a flat tax on the amount of income you generate a year, because then that would be a true flat tax. The problem is, is that when they take a flat amount from a disbursement to everybody, that it affects different people at different levels. Anyway, um, the state sued to get ballot measure number two split apart. The court, the court told them to keep it together. I, I know. I mean, I know. But again, that doesn't. It very was very obviously had multiple components to it, and that's how they sold it. They sandwiched it in on the whole "we'll eliminate dark money" thing, and. That's how that's how they got it passed. That's 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 how it worked. <sighs> OK, so um, feel free if you want to call in. We got time. Uh, we got time to do it. Uh, and we're going to hit on some headlines. And we're going to talk about some of this other stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what what was this? What's the solution? The irony of the whole ballot measure number two seething about how it was going to eliminate dark money while being paid for by dark money. Okay, let's uh, continue now. I mean, yes, the biggest irony of the whole debate over ranked choice voting was that, yes, they got it passed in the state. It was passed by, you know, just a small 1%, you know, kind of thing. But the whole irony of it was that the pitch in the state was, of course, to... The pitch in the state was that it was here to eliminate dark money while being funded, while the whole campaign itself was being funded by $7 million in dark money. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. Cannot make it up. Okay. Uh, the phone lines are still open, so if you want to sound off on that... Um, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say this morning at 907-433-3150. All right. So here is the story of the, I mean, this should be the story of the of the month, of the year so far. Uh, and I don't know why. Um, 
I don't know why this should be making national news and uh, I haven't seen it. Maybe it has somewhere, but um, this whole story uh, is just absolutely insane. The Alaska state troopers have finally released a statement regarding the arrest and forced mental health evaluation of the 2022 Alaska principal of the year. Mary Fulp, who is the principal of Colony Middle School down in Palmer, was taken away by troopers after two people called in to request a psychological evaluation of the prominent and celebrated educator. She's been the principal of Colony Middle School for 15 years. On January the 15th, she posted a Facebook Live video in which she speaks about her faith, speaking in tongues, and her devotion to Christ. After that post was seen by thousands of people, according to Must Read Alaska, some members of her family decided she was not well and evidently called the troopers to do a welfare check on her. Uh, Then one of the family members claimed that they had a court order to have her taken into custody for psychological evaluation. Now, she posted on Facebook on the incident. She, she documented the two troopers detaining her on video. It, she appears to be sound mind. It was a peaceful thing, everything else. The Alaska Beacon, uh, I, kudos to them for actually running the story. The ADN has nothing about it that I could find. Um, they looked into this and said, what exactly happened? The principal who was taken into the year uh, was forced to have a mental health examination after a family member presented troopers with a document that they said was signed by a state judge. But that wasn't true. The troopers and the Alaska court system confirmed the mistake yesterday, six days after Mary Fult posted the video of the incident and claimed she was being detained because of her religious beliefs. Now, James Cockrell, who's the commissioner of the DPS, has ordered a full internal review of the incident. Uh, But the department said, based on the limited information we have been able to learn about this incident from the Alaska court system, it appears that we made a mistake by transporting the adult female for an evaluation. Our staff should have taken additional steps to verify the information presented by the complainant and the validity of the court order. We take full responsibility of this and want to assure the public that we're taking necessary steps to ensure incidents like this never happened again. So here's what happens in the trooper's own word. Uh, again, must read has actually got the whole uh, public statement from the state troopers. Essentially, on January the 18th, the troopers received a, a request from complainant number one, who apparently is a family member of Fulp that said they wanted to conduct a welfare check on her in the Matsu Valley. They told the dispatchers that the female was not answering the door and that he had concerns about her mental health. So they went over there. They talked to her. They spoke to her. They determined she was not exhibiting signs of grave disability from a mental issue and was not likely to cause serious harm to herself and others and therefore did not meet the conditions of the emergency detention. And they left after 20 minutes. Then at 4.48 p.m. the same day, complainant number two, a female, contacted the troopers in a 911 call stating that she had a signed order from a judge that the adult female from the previous call was to be involuntarily committed to the nearest mental health evaluation facility. 
So the troopers arrived again at Fulp's residence at 510 and were presented a document from the complainant, the family member, the do-gooder Karen, that was signed by a judge and authorized the transport to the adult female. They observed that the document appeared to be signed by a judge and, and appeared to be valid. So they made contact with Fulp and they advised her of the judge's order and took her in. Turns out, and I don't know why, I mean, when I heard this story and the breakdown of it like that, I was like, why would the family member have the judge's court order? Why wouldn't the court instruct the troopers to go involuntary? Why would the why would this person have a judge's signed court order? Well, it turns out that that's how it's supposed to work. That if they were supposed if she, if someone has been you know determined that they are, are that then what happens is. Under normal course of events, this is in the beacon, if a petitioner is seeking to involuntarily commit someone to custody on mental health grounds, the petitioner must submit evidence to a judge who will seek the advice of a medical professional, assuming that the petitioner isn't one themselves, and then a third party interviews the person subject to the proposed order and then advises the judge, and if the judge orders the person committed, the judge contacts public safety officials themselves, the petitioner is not involved at all. So they don't have any documents because they were like, oh, well, let's let's go back to the courts and say, where are these documents? Show me the paper trail for where these documents originated in the courts. Like, no, we no, no request was sent. We have nothing about the. So my first question, and nobody mentions this in any of this, is where did this fake document come from? And because the, the troopers have got egg on their faces now. Right. Because they're just like, oh, they took it for granted that when this person handed them a court order, well, it looks real to me. Let's go. Come on. We're putting you in chains and we're taking you down to have your head examined. That was the first thing. But secondly, there's no there's no reporting in here about whether or not there's going to be charges pressed against this person for falsifying a court order to have somebody committed. Now. You want to tell me that red flag laws are going to work in this state with stuff like this? I mean, this doesn't even have anything to do with guns. They didn't like her religion. They didn't like her talking about her religious beliefs, which, I mean, you can believe or you can think her cuckoo or whatever. Everybody's entitled to their opinion on that. But to have the long arm of the law, the the guys come in with guns and, and handcuffs and put you in a cage to have you evaluated do you think, you really think that red flag laws are not going to be abused in that regard? I mean, this is, it's outrageous. All I can think of was, though, man, you put a red flag law in here and then look at how many wackos come out of the woodwork because they don't like you. Uh, you know, look at me. I talk about guns all the time. I talk about them live on the air. What if the red flag laws come in and somebody says, you know, I get a knock at my door. Somebody says you're a danger to somebody. What? What did I ever, you know, well, now you have to defend yourself. There is no innocence until there's a presumption of guilt. You have no due process. And full, just like this, she complied. She was very nice. She's out. This is outrageous. And where is, the, where is the little addendum at the, at the bottom of the story, the little addendum that says, uh, by the way, we're talking to complainant number two about presenting a false document to police that that for <laughs> I, I, I this should be again 
This should be a national news story. I don't know why it's not. I don't know why it's not. Maybe it'll catch on somewhere, but this this is insane that this was actually carried out. I mean, if somebody showed up in my place like that, I mean, I might lose my mind on the spot. I might I might need a mental health evaluation after that because I'd be like, "What?" No, uh, no, 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 no. All right, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Uh, I see we just got one line that just called in, but we're against the heartbreak, so we'll be back with that. We'll start with the next phone call. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I mean, my my brain hurts just thinking about the ramifications of this. This is the story from the Alaska Beacon, and here's the must-read story that's got the actual full statement from the Alaska State Troopers on this. Y- you know, y- you should be angry about this. Yeah. Uh, you should be you should be very upset about this. Let's go over to the phones and we're going to get this caller's name and where they're calling from and we're going to ask them to hold on through the uh, through the through the commercial break in the top of the hour news here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Carlene and Kodiak. Hey, Carlene. Um, we're in the break right now. Can you hold on and we'll start with you on the other side? Yes, I can. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to put you back on hold. We're going to have Carlene from Kodiak join us here in just a second. Um, okay, let me go back to the chat room because I, I was not reading your comments while I was in the middle of that story because I was d- just upset about it. Okay. Um. Yeah, dark money and you don't think they're laughing at us? It emboldened them to continue to screw us. You cannot make this poo up. Yeah. Um, apparently those people who made the call carried a lot of clout, says Brian. Well, I mean, I guess they carried a lot of clout. I mean, the the story in the Beacon says that when they arrived at Fulp's house the second time, the complainant number two, the other, the female family member, was there with the, with the, the court, court order. I mean, oh, yeah. She's exploring the legal avenues for the violations of her civil rights. Let's begin at a, at a million dollars for the violation of her Fourth Amendment. Yeah. No, uh, I'm with you on that. Chris, you're not wrong. Transporting the adult female is how the ruling and noble classes dehumanize us. Yeah, I, I exactly. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, Bra- uh, Hawk, uh, with the girl and the trooper. I don't have, I can't follow the link right now. Um. Evidently, the only legislator concerned was David Eastman. No, Shelley Hughes was also involved because those were her legal, those were her uh, representatives. Shelley Hughes was involved as well, Harold. Um, evidently, by her not opening the door for the complaint, shows that she is fully competent. 
Charges for the petitioner. That was my first question. None of the articles talk anywhere in this mea culpa from the DPS about, oh, we've got to we've got to retrain. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. None of them talk about any charges for the petitioner who provided a told them to their face. This is a court order. It wasn't like she just handed him a piece of paper and said, hmm. She said, this is a court order saying that she can be committed. I mean, what? Uh, oh my gosh, men used to do this all the time. It's called hysteria. Wife decides she's not putting up with the husband's shenanigans and boom, off she goes, diagnosed with hysteria. That's gaslighting, right? That's gaslighting is the new phrase for that. Um, yep. Uh, share the link. The lawsuit's going to be huge. If anyone forced psych drugs on me, I'd get even. Did the, I don't think they drugged her. That, that was not mentioned in the story, Gail. Uh, but she did go through an evaluation. Um, yeah, if because the victim is Christian, says Hawk, if this is not, it, what, that's why it's not national news. If she was a Muslim or something else, then it would be. Um, all right. Uh, we take full responsibility for this. Doesn't that not get everyone else off the hook? Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, wow. I just, I mean, I'm just listening to this. Like, again, (laughs) the whole story is the story of two family members. This is apparently a family disagreement or somebody doesn't like crazy anti-fulp or whatever. And so now we're, we're going to, we're going to get to, you know, we're going to get to it. And we're going to use this as, did she lose her job? Oh, if she loses her job, it will be a multi-million dollar lawsuit. I guarantee you that if she lost her job. Principal of the year loses her job for sharing her religious beliefs on her own private Facebook page? Oh, baby. Oh, oh, oh. Um... Is there somewhere that says she was given psych drugs? No, I don't. I don't think she's. I don't. There's nowhere that I saw that uh, that saw what it is. Uh, Gail says she believes that it was the Alaska Watchman. Uh, the Alaska Watchman. Let me see what the Alaska Watchman says about that. And uh, forced psych evaluation. Um, fake responsibility, uh, drug. Uh, they also gave her antipsychotic drugs against her will. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, the lawsuit is going to be so huge. So huge. I just... That that's from the Alaska Watchman. They also gave her antipsychotic drugs against her will. This is going to be a very bad day for someone. <clears throat> Damn. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. All right. Don't be um. I I mean, 
I would think that they would throw the book at the person who forged that stuff, don't you? I think that's what happened. All right, here we go. Jumping back in. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is the Michael Duke Show. Good morning and welcome to the program. Hour two of the big radio show. And uh, boy, we had an interesting first hour. Uh, we were just finishing up in the last hour with a story about Mary Fulp, who is the principal of the year last year in Alaska. The number, I mean, again, the whole, the best, best educator in the state. Right. One of the best educators in the state, principal of the year and her arrest, detention, evaluation. And now we find out being uh, being forced to take. Psycho- I mean, oh, my Lord, we're going to talk about this. But first and foremost, let's go over to the phones. Carlene and Kodiak is on the line. She's been on hold since right before we went to break. So we're going to talk with her first, and we will continue our discussions about this in just a moment. Uh, But first, let's get over to Carlene. Good morning, Carlene. What's on your mind, my dear? Um, My heart goes out to Mary Fault. And remember, Michael, before the legislature's beans session passed a law that they can do, they can just pick up study or anything. Remember uh, that? Yeah, no, I remember that. In fact, the Alaska Watchman uh, mentions that at the end of the article, they said in 2021, Governor Dunleavy proposed changes to the state laws governing involuntary commitments for mental health reasons, and the legislature adopted those changes last year. But last week's incident doesn't appear to involve those changes. So what they changed last year did not necessarily apply here, but you're right. It does get to be a little spooky sometimes when you think about the power that is inherent in something like this happening. So uh, I think it's definitely going to open some people's eyes up to what's going on. And, Michael, there are scams and things today, so you don't want to open your door to anybody or you don't want to answer the phone to any scams. Yeah. No, and let's face it, if you're having a problem with your family, in-laws, acquaintances, whatever, sometimes you just don't want to answer the phone because you don't want to continue the fight, right? I mean, if you're fighting with your family, 
uh, you know, brother, sister, cousin, uncle, whatever, and they're just going to argue with you on the phone, and you look at your phone and you see it's them, sometimes you just don't want to answer it. You see they're at their front door, sometimes you just don't want to, I don't want to have this fight. And now to use that as an example of, well, they won't answer their phone, they won't answer the door, go, go do a welfare check on them, I think they're crazy. Uh, you know, to have the agents of the state come in at the point of a gun, because they didn't pull their guns, but anytime an agent of the state shows up in Barty armor with a handgun on their side, it's an implicit threat. Come with us or else, right? That's the that's the whole thing here. So when you have agents of the state show up armed, ready to pull a gun on you if you don't comply, I mean, that, that that's going to be the next part of this discussion is what do you do then? I mean, she did the I guess she did the right thing. She complied. She complied. She didn't act. She wasn't crazy. Anything else. I mean, she did much better than I think probably I would have done in this situation because I would have been furious, furious, absolutely furious. I think we should revisit that um, that law that was just made last year. Oh, I agree. No, I, I, I agree. And, uh, um, I think we should, I think it should be looked at. I know part of that was not, um, uh, cause Kevin McCabe had some comments on it, uh, here earlier that it was being spun in a certain way. And some of that was much necessary cleanup, but I think we should at least probably have a discussion on what exactly was changed, why it was changed and did, you know, does it need to be repealed or parts of it, or, you know, does it make it better or does it make it worse? Um, it was mentioned in passing last session, and uh, I really wasn't following it, quite honestly. But this definitely will open my eyes up to uh, to see what's going on. So, all right, Carlene, thank you for calling I'm in. Sorry that had to. You're, you're sorry, what, Carlene? I'm sorry that Mary had to go through this. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine what she had to go through. Uh, I, I, uh, maybe she just sees it as a test of faith. If so, good for her. Uh, I, for one would be, uh, just, I mean, I would be losing my mind during the top, during the top of the hour break. Uh, we were talking about this in the chat room and somebody mentioned something about, uh, uh, her being drugged. And I was like, well, I don't see this anywhere. Well, it turns out that the Alaska watchman, um, did an interview with her. And uh, it turns out that um, she was drugged. It says, um, uh, arriving at the hospital, Fulps said she was required to put on hospital gear, her personal belongings taking from, taken from her, including the cross that she wears around her neck. Uh, after being admitted, she had to uh, undergo an extensive evaluation. They took my blood. They found nothing. They did a CT scan. They found nothing. They did an EKG. They found nothing. The only thing I was left with was a diagnosis is, is, is that I do need to have a follow-up visit. They also gave her antipsychotic drugs against her will. She said they treated me like I was crazy. Fulp is pursuing legal options. She says she harbors no ill will towards her family members who were, mist were mistakenly concerned about. She is a much better Christian than I am. That's all I could say. Much better Christian. Because, oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I will go back to the Beacon article. It says at the at the, uh, at the the end of it, um, they... Uh, uh, where is the, I just saw that. A spokesperson for the Department of Public Safety declined to say whether the family member deliberately falsified documents or whether mistake was an innocent error. How could it be? 
I mean, what if? How could it be an innocent error? How could you willingly hand a piece of paper to a state trooper and say, here's a court order from a judge that says she has to have a mental evaluation? How is that even how is that even a possibility that that was an innocent error? The spokesperson also declined to say whether charges are pending. That's the only comment that they have. I mean, dude, the lawsuit on this is going to be huge. Well, unless Mary doesn't pursue it with it with the vigor that it deserves. If I mean, uh, trust me, if this had happened to me, I would have an entire tank of shark-suited lawyers ready to go. This would be a multi-million dollar lawsuit. Unlawful incarceration? You gave me drugs? You did all, I mean, no. 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 (laughs) There is no possibility that this would make sense. I mean, and if you listen to this story, whether you're a Christian or not, because remember, this whole thing started because she shared... On her Facebook page, her faith, you know, her conversion, uh, speaking in tongues, her devotion to Christ. I mean, those are things that many of us have seen, uh, you know, from time to time from people out there. But she shared it on her personal faith. It was a posted on a Facebook live video. And it turns out that one of her family members apparently thought that made her crazy. And the fact that she went through all this and the two troopers who, again, even as an outsider, even as a non-law enforcement guy, uh, you know, haven't you watched enough law and order to know that, you know, the petitioners just don't show up with a court order and hand them to the cop and say, arrest him. Here's the court order. Doesn't you know, don't you know that that, I mean, that comes from the, that comes from the, 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 the courts themselves. Um, the, uh, attorney familiar with the state's mental health, um, uh, complaint, troopers observed that the document appeared to be signed by a judge and appeared to be valid. The official account states. So she handed them the document appears to be a valid document appears to be signed by a judge An attorney familiar with the state's mental health commitment procedures and unaffiliated with the case said that should have been a red flag that the petitioner themselves had a court order. Because again, the petitioner isn't involved. If the judge orders a person to be committed, the judge contacts public safety officials themselves. Man, uh, I just don't even know what to say about this. Other than, I guess, she's got a lot of love in her heart. Because she said, you know, I love my family with all my heart. She said they were coming from the right place, but it was wrong. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. No. I mean, my my brain just hurts thinking about this right now. Um, and the fact that these two troopers uh, thought that that was okay. Yeah, somebody has definitely got some explaining to do. I mean, in remedial training, yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 um, interested to know more about this. Um. Anyway, yeah, there needs to be a lawsuit, says Sandy in the chat room, because of, of the dangerous precedent it sets. I mean, there needs to be some punishment here. 
and I'm not talking about punishing people individually. I'm saying there needs to be a shock to the system on this regard. I, you know, yeah, but just wow. What about the freedom of speech? What about her personal Facebook page? What about all this other kind of stuff? I mean, will the feds get involved? I mean, if if this person, it was decided that this that the this that the feds um, uh, or that the the persons were willingly and knowingly impersonating a judge or forging a document like that, should the feds be involved? I mean, if it was a if it was an anti-religious thing, because her maybe her family are not religious and they think she's crazy because she is, does the FBI or the feds get involved then? Ooh. Ooh. Um. Anyway, it's uh, it's interesting. Look at the initial story. Alaska news source floater. Read the closing paragraph. Okay, I gotta now. I gotta go over to Alaska news source and look at that and look at that again because, um, I'll I'll find it here. I gotta go find the story there as well. But I wanna. I we have to move off this because again, I'm <clears throat> I'm just almost speechless with what's going on. But the question is, what if this had been you? How would you have handled it? And I already know that this woman handled this much better than I would have. I mean, much better than I would have. I I can tell you right now, but it's hard for me. I mean, I'm trying to be honest and truthful to myself because I would have been so angry over this um i i just i just don't know she did I, she did everything right right just calmly went with them submitted to it allowed them to do it allowed them to you know i would have had a hard time with this i would have had a very hard so what if this had happened to you what would your reaction have been and then game that out from there Okay, so if you had reacted like me, if I had reacted poorly, then then what happens? Because the courts don't have a lot of sense of humor about this stuff. We'll talk about that here in a second. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Love to hear what you guys have to say on this. Give us a call. And we will be back with more in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, Brian uh, in the chat room said that I had to uh, go over and read the story from the uh, – uh, from uh, – Alaska news source when this story broke back on the 19th. Uh, and so now I'm looking at it. Mary Fulp, a longtime Matsu Borough School District principal, posted a live stream video on her Facebook page Wednesday night that's now gotten more than 19,000 views. 
She was named Principal of the Year in 2022, chronicled her trip to Matsu Regional Center for what troopers explained was a court-ordered evaluation requested by her family. In the video, which runs approximately 20 minutes, Fulp says her religious convictions are the reason she's being evaluated. I'm getting taken to the hospital for claiming that Jesus is king and claiming that I stand with Martin Luther King civil rights movement. So I would like this to show up in the news and for this to go viral because I'm the 2022 Alaska Principal of the Year who loves Jesus with all her heart. The school district put out a letter to parents and staff after the video was posted to Fultz's Facebook page. Uh, the superintendent said, I'm writing in response to some personal social media posts authored by the Colony High School principal. District administration is fully aware of and constantly monitoring the situation. We're working directly with other CHS administrators to support and provide continual leadership for the Colony High School community as we process, as we progress through this process. We do not have any further information to provide at this time, but we'll keep you informed as consistent with confidentiality requirements. Your child's safety and education are our top priority. Fulp's family also released a statement. O-M-G. This is ballsy. This is... We love and care for Mary deeply, and we're working with medical professionals to ensure she receives the necessary care. We hope the community will respect her and her family's privacy. And that, my friends, is the very definition of gaslighting. Right there. Right freaking there. Now, this this story is from six days ago when it first broke. Now we're finding out there were no court order. <laughs> she is such a better person than I am. She is such a better person than I am. Um. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Missed First Amendment rights. Yeah. Judges don't give these kind of documents to civilians. Arresting documents are given directly to law enforcement from the courts. Any dumbass trooper should know that. <laughs> She's going to be a millionaire, says Harold. Yeah. Well, now she'll never have to work another day in her life unless she wants to. I mean, at this point, I, I just cannot. Wow. Wow. Um, caring and breaking the law is different. Um, when you have boneheads running around with forged documents violating people's Fourth Amendment rights, this is going to make CNN and NBC and all the national news outlets. I would hope so. I would hope so at this point. I'm angry for her. <laughs> I'm angry for her, too. I'm sure loyals would be lining up to take this case, especially being a well-known, prominent person. Um, I think there's nothing more behind that than you put. I think there's a lot more behind than you put on paper. I work in the ER behavioral health area, and this is what can happen, especially to protect somebody safe for themselves others. I know I'm going to get raked over the coals for it, says Deborah. She says, I think there's a lot more behind than you put in paper. I work in the ER behavioral health area, and this is what can happen, especially to protect someone's safety for themselves or for others. Really, this is what can happen? People can have a forged court order sending somebody to the hospital? Because I understand what you're saying, but the whole problem here is that it was a forged court order. That's the problem here. Uh... Uh, it was a suggestion. Jeez. Uh, sounds like the family was the one Dever continues to says that needs to be committed, but that's how it goes. And that was in 
And that's what's imperfect about the system. Uh, yeah, I'll say thank you, Harold. Thank you for saying what I was thinking about the family statement. It was gaslighting. Just, just, just an absolute, actual, 100% gaslighting. And yeah, lack of due process. I mean, again, you want to talk about red flag laws? This is a perfect example of why red flag laws are a bad idea. There's already a commitment process. We don't need a new one that has a presumption of guilt and no due process. Okay, so I hope during the commercial break you were thinking about what I asked you. Um, I, you know, what if this had been you? How would you have responded? Um, because apparently Mary Fulp was the textbook. She she is the she is the textbook response for how you should have responded calmly rationally coolly she didn't complain she didn't get angry she went to the thing she did everything that they said they stripped her down to her skivvies took everything from her you know fed her psychotic anti-psychotic drugs did all this kind of stuff and everything else and now she's forgiving everybody involved in the incident she is again a much better person than i am I'm trying to think about how I respond to this. I mean, I, I where I'm at right now, without a trooper standing in front of my door telling me he's taken me away, my initial thought is, good luck with that, right? But the more I think about it, the more I think, ugh. Because, you see, the courts don't have a sense of humor about this. Let's just say, and don't forget, all of these troopers have qualified immunity, Right? If they believed it was a lawful order, even if it wasn't, they have qualified immunity for their actions. So if, for example, they showed up on your doorstep and said, uh, you're coming with us in a polite way. I'm sure they were very polite about it. But if they say that you're coming with us and you're like, um, nope, or I'm calling my attorney or not a chance or whatever. And it becomes an altercation where maybe they have to wrestle you to the ground or something. Well, see, now you've got resisting arrest, endangering a police officer. I mean, who knows? If you're a gun person and a known gun person, they could claim that you were armed and, you know, I mean, it could go sideways in a hurry. And even if it turns out in the end that the document that they were depending on for their legal authority was fake. The courts would argue, well, they're the legal authority and you should have complied and just worked it out in the courts later. We've seen that. We've seen that where there's been an illegal, unlawful arrest. 
and people have resisted because it was legal and they knew it was legal and unlawful. And the judge said, well, yes, it was legal and unlawful, but you still resisted and you should have let you should have let that work itself out in the court. Or if you resist, do that, does that confirm that you're crazy? Right? Does that confirm that you're a danger to yourself and others? I just don't even know. I just don't even. And the fact that they forced her to take drugs against her will. I didn't realize an evaluation required you to be taking drugs. I think that even if Mary, I mean, she she said she's exploring. The, the Watchman article says that she is exploring um, legal options. I'm scrolling through here. I'm sorry, because there's so many. I got four different stories up on this. She admitted that she is she is exploring legal options. She has obtained an attorney to, quote unquote, seek justice. Uh, the people who are defending me are looking at every violation that has happened to me. She said, we're going to right these wrongs in a very public, powerful way. So I'm glad to hear that. As forgiving as she was to her family, because again, she said, I love my family with all my heart. They were coming from the right place, but it was wrong. While she is pursuing legal options, she says she harbors no ill will towards family members who were mistakenly concerned about her. Okay. Um... I would think that the court system would harbor some ill will. I would think that the court system uh, would be a little upset that they purport, she pr produced a signed court order, a document. And how does this damage her reputation as a as a as a professional, as a teacher, as a as a principal? Right. I mean, the you could see it. The, the, the municipality and the, and the school board was already in the middle of a, of a CYA moment, cover your backside moment, right? When they, when they, issued, the, uh, when they issued the story about, oh, uh, you know, we're already, we're working and we're aware of it and we're doing this and we're doing that. I mean, now that the news story breaks that she was arrested for being crazy, that's not what they say. But, you know, that's the underlying tone. Everybody's going to read, oh, she went crazy on social media, so they, they put her involuntarily committed her. How is that going to affect her career? Multi-gazillion dollar lawsuit. She'll never have to work again if she doesn't want to. But quite honestly, she should be a lot. She obviously has a passion for what she does. She obviously loves the kids and loves what she does. I mean, you don't get to be teacher principal of the year because you, you know, are just there punching a clock. So that's the unintended consequences of this, right? I mean, what does this do? She, again, a much better person than I am. The statement that the, that the family put out, the statement read, at the time of the incident, six days ago, before all this other stuff came out that turns out that it was all false and phony, we love and care for Mary deeply, and we're working with the medical professionals to ensure she receives the necessary care. We hope the community will respect her and her family's privacy. I want to see somebody go to jail there. I really do. When you force somebody into a cage to be stripped naked, to be evaluated, to be poked and prodded, to be forced to be given antipsychotic drugs against your will, somebody must pay.
and she may have forgiven her family, but as somebody who's on the outside looking in and could see the damage that that could do to any person, I mean, just imagine this. Just imagine you read the newspaper tomorrow and it says, local talk radio show host involuntarily committed for being a danger to himself and others. How would that make you feel about me? How would that make others feel about you if it was you that it happened to? I mean, it's not just the indignity and the outrage of it happening in the moment. What does that do to your future? I mean, oh my, I'm getting angrier and angrier about this. This is insanity. So what if something like this happened to you? We all better pray to God that Mary Fulp pushes this to the maximum I mean, it better hurt. The state should bleed for this. And then they should turn around and, in part, go after the people who caused it. That's what should happen. If everything that's alleged here is true, I guess we should all put that into perspective. If everything that's being said here is true. I mean, the troopers have admitted it, right? So it's. Man, absolutely insane. All right. um, I got some other stories, but we do have some phone calls, so I guess we'll go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say. 907-433-3150, the call-in line, powered by our friends over there at Satellite West. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. Let's go over here and see who's on the line. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Mike calling from Fairbanks. Hello, Mike. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I say that this incident provides a precedent showing that the troopers do not do their due diligence when examining these court orders, and that provides a valid reason for a person being presented with a court order, something like this by the troopers to refuse to go. So you're saying um, this sets a precedent so, for them to say, I don't know if what you're handing me is real. So I refuse to go because I'm not sure yeah. because yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. It's definitely going to raise some questions in people's mind. Is this a legit court order or is this another fake one? Yeah, that that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, now I'm 65 years old. If the troopers show up on my door with one of these court orders, I'll probably refuse to go and suffer the consequences if if that's what you know happens. I mean, obviously, if they have arrest warrants, search warrants, that's different. But if they've got this supposed court order to take you away, and when you consider what happened to this woman. Your life, if you go away with the troopers with this sort of thing, your life is in danger. Well, I mean, I would say that your life is in shambles for sure and in the in the care of somebody else. I don't know if in danger, but your livelihood is in danger. Your reputation, your good, you know, everything else, if all that stuff, I mean, you're right. It's uh, it, it it's going to be problematic to say the least, Mike. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Thanks for the time. Have a good day. Thanks for your call. I appreciate it. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, and how would you respond? 
Mike just said he probably wouldn't go. I my initial reaction is, oh, they're gonna have to drag me out of the house. Um, but does that help me in the? I mean, I don't know. This is so hard, so hard because again, Mary did exactly the right thing in in the eyes of the law and the courts and everything else. Um, I you know if if you resisted and refused. Could you damage any chance of fixing it in the long run? I don't know. I mean, but what is your reaction? If they just knocked on your door, you shared your beliefs on social media, or you talked to somebody, or you were interviewed and said something that caused, you know, one of your family members or whatever to to go to these lengths. And that's the thing. The the article says at the end of the thing, it says, uh, uh they said the uh the spokesperson declined to say whether the family member deliberately falsified documents or whether the mistake was innocent error. The trooper responds in from the actual verbiage from the trooper press release says, um, troopers arrived at the residence at 510 and were presented a document that complainant two alleged was signed by a judge and authorized the transport of the adult female. They observed the document appeared to be signed by a judge and appeared to be valid. They made contact with the ju- with the adult female and advised her of the judge's order. How can that be misconstrued as an innocent error? She hands them a document and said, this is signed by a judge. And it looks legit to them. I'm assuming that they've seen a judge's order before. I just don't know. I just don't know how to even respond to that. Uh, all right. Uh, one more call here before we go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. Greg down in Homer. Hello, my friend. What What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I'll tell you that in my my thoughts are the the uh, the troopers had probably better hang the, the the two Karens involved here because if they don't go after them, this is going to set a scary scary precedent in the state of Alaska. Well, exactly. I mean, they have to defend their own integrity and honor at this point. If they don't go after them, then uh, I mean, like I said, the first thing that came to mind when I read this story was the proposed red flag laws we see around the country and how there's already a presumption of guilt in those things. And if this is what's happening and the police can be bamboozled into thinking that it's a legit court order and they don't go after those people and throw the absolute book, the whole library at them, there's a problem. Yep. Yeah, if that would have happened to me, I don't know what my reaction would be. But can you imagine what all they're going to take out of your home? Well, yeah. And the the legal battle you're going to have to get it back. That's the thing. I mean, they just took her out of her home. But I mean, like I said, what if it is? What if it had been a Greg or it had been a Michael Dukes or something where it's known that we are, you know, firearm enthusiasts. And now they're worried that you're a danger to yourself and others. Then what are they going to do? Then we've got to. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is. It's chilling. I mean, I guess is the word that I'm looking for. It's chilling that that's the place it got to before somebody said, hey, maybe this isn't legit. I mean, it took them five days to respond uh, to the uh, to the for the troopers to respond with a statement saying that they were wrong. Yeah. 
I'm uh, oh, anyway, Mike. I'll let you go here. The roads are kind of kind of nasty at Homer. All right, thanks, uh, Greg. It's good to hear from you. Thank you for calling in and joining us today. All right, um, one final segment coming up. One final segment coming up, and we will be back uh, with more here in just a moment. I guess we're staying on this topic because I don't even care about these other stories right now because I'm still so nearly speechless about what's been going on on this deal. We'll continue the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Your mental suppository. Okay, uh, back in the break right now. We got one more call on hold. Uh, we're going to come to them as soon as we rejoin the radio. We're going to jump back to them. Let's get their name right now and figure out where they're calling from. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Bonnie in North Pole. Okay, Bonnie, hold the line. You're going to be number one with a bullet when we come back. You're going to be first in the queue, so don't go anywhere. Bonnie's on hold right now. Let's go back over to the chat room and see what's going on. Um, uh, okay. If you raise hell, they are going to arrest you and they will say well, you were acting crazy and you'll get more charges, says Sandy. Again, that's what I'm saying. Even if it turns out that you were in the right, that the document was forged, that it was a false allegation, that everything else is going on, the judge is still going to say, well, you should have complied with the police officer's orders. Because we've seen that happen in the country. Um, I'm going back up here to see what you guys have been talking about. Um, uh, say, I worked in mental health of the state of Oregon for the state of Alaska for 13 years. I've never heard of this kind of mess up. This is outrageous. Um, going forward. Uh, she responded perfectly. So much so was this staged and how is she going to split the booty? <laughs> I don't think this was staged, but, you know. Uh, Richard says, I would have quietly gone along with the charade and not provided them with an excuse for what they have pulled. On the way home, my lawyer would be getting a phone call, says Richard. That, again, would be the perfect response. You're not wrong, Richard. Um, I would like to think that my calmer side would prevail on that, but it's hard. I mean, I'm so outraged by this whole thing. And when I found out that the whole thing was false to begin with, I was already was concerned, like, why, how could they say just because she talked about her religion and speaking in tongues and how could that mean that she was crazy? I was waiting to see what was going on with this. You know, what was the story here? And then to find out that the whole thing was faked. Oh, my God. Um, uh, Let's see. Hard to tell if crazy people are on the inside or outside these days. Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> um, don't they lose their qualified immunity if they violate the Fourth Amendment under false pretenses? The only way they could potentially lose qualified immunity if the exact same case was in precedent. And I mean the exact same case. Like somebody else was presented with a false commitment order and it was proven later. That's, I mean, qualified immunity is one of the scariest things out there because literally they had guys that 
you know, were received qualified immunity after stealing $200,000 in evidence money. They were trying to revoke their qualified immunity. And the judge said no, because there's no precedent for anybody else stealing $200,000 in money in qualified immunity. People shooting their people locking up prisoners in a, in a cell smeared with human feces. I mean, covered with human feces, the sewage backing up into the cell. And it was not registered as it was inhumane treatment, but they couldn't they couldn't get the ju- the uh, the guards and the police that were there because no incident like that had ever happened again. So they were granted qualified immunity because otherwise they just would not know that it wasn't right. Right. There's. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's see. I just go with them, get a good civil rights lawyer, get some government cheese swim in my money vault like Scrooge McDuck. Yes. That again, that is the answer that probably should be given. I would never work another day in my life that I didn't want to. And that probably would come through my mind at some point while I'm having this conversation. (laughs) I'm like, you know, there's the thing. Where's the ACLU? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Uh, drugs are only given uh, like that if the person is a resisting or a harm to themselves or others. But let me tell you, that's a very gray area. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, well, let's see, maybe things should never have happened. I have a copy of the text her family sent her, but we can't post photos on this chat. Well, send a link. Interesting how few news outlets have picked up the rest of the story says Brian. That's the thing. Alaska's news source comments on it six days ago when it breaks. But when something like this happens and the troopers come out and say, well, we were wrong, then nothing comes out. Uh, I mean, the ADN has nothing on this right now. Not a thing. You'd think, I mean, you'd think, wow. Um, <clears throat> she will lose her job next, says Sandy. Uh, If she loses her job over this, over a hack job like this, well, it just increases the core. I mean, go good luck with that unlawful termination. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I mean, she'll that that she'll just be printing money at that point. Uh, I have a granddaughter in that school, and she now has concerns that not only affects those involved, it affects the kids at the school as well. I know, I know. That's uh, that's the fear. Here we go. Okay, you heard the ding. One last segment of the program this morning. We got some phone lines on hold. Uh, People with their thoughts on what happened here. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Bonnie's in North Pole. Bonnie, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, what's happening here? Well, my question is, what school? Colony High School. She's the principal of Colony High School in Palmer. Where is that? It's in Palmer. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that in Washington, D.C. that talk in tongues. 
The talking tongues. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we should be involuntarily yes, committing all them. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's just, oh, my goodness, what they did to her. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating for and sure. And they made her take a drug? Yes. Yes, they made her take uh, anti-psychotic oh. drugs. That's what they that were saying. Oh, my word. All right. Just because something she posted on Facebook? Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh, you know what? Anybody can do something on Facebook and that's not yours. Well, it's, again, covered under, you know, freedom of expression, freedom of religion. <laughs> uh, just because you believe something that somebody else doesn't believe doesn't mean that you're crazy. But that is exactly what's going on here, in in my opinion. Bonnie, thank you for your call. Let's go over here uh, to the next call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Deborah, and I'm in Fairbanks. Hey, Deborah. Hi. So I work at the hospital here, and I work in the emergency room. And there's like a backseat. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the title paperwork that can be for that is can be just for evaluative purposes. It's not necessarily an involuntary commitment. It's just involuntary until they're evaluated for the problem that they're having. But the incessant problem seems to be with the family that filled out the paperwork. Yeah. Because they can't, they can't, they can file it, but the troopers are just serving it. That's all the troopers are doing. And if they did something wrong, I don't know enough about the story. Well, the story. say that they did anything wrong, but I know what the process is when you come to the emergency room and it sounds like they did what they were supposed to do. However, we don't know that when the person comes in. We just have to evaluate the situation. And unfortunately, this kind of thing can happen. Well, and that's, <clears throat> I think this is many people's greatest fear, Deborah. That's the problem, is that this is many people's greatest fear, is that for your beliefs, for something you said, you could be called crazy, and then they dehumanize you, they take you in there, they strip you down, they do whatever, do all the poking and prodding of the test, they feed you antipsychotic drugs against your will, and then it turns out that the whole thing was a falsehood. And that I think is this the scariest part of all this thing. I mean, I'm not I know you're you're trying to explain the process to us here and everything else, and it's not necessarily the hospital's fault, I would say, because they're all under uh, under the assumption that this is a court ordered deal. But um uh, it just it just make it just it just increases the outrage of the situation. Absolutely, and I agree with that. And I agree that if this was a falsely claimed document for this woman, then that's where that's where the blame lays is with the family. Yeah, for filing on her, and they had uh, really no real concern for it. Yeah, they're the ones who violated her rights. I don't know that it was the police or if it was well, the hospital. It, it is the or police. I don't know enough of what transpired. It is the it is the police because the document was handed to them not by the courts, 
but was handed to them by one of the complainants. One of the family members said, here's a court order that a judge gave me that says she should be committed, which again, I mean, I'm not a cop, nor do I play one on TV, but I've seen enough episodes of Law and Order to know that, you know, you don't, uh, uh, the complainant, the petitioner doesn't walk up with a court order and tell the cops to go arrest somebody. That comes down from the, from the Department Actually, of Justice. They can. The, that's not what it says here in the news for, from, uh, from, let me, re- let me read this to you. Let me read you this little blurb here, right here. Uh, an attorney familiar with the state's mental health commitment procedures and unaffiliated with this case said that the fact that the troopers observed the document and were handed the document by the petitioner should have been a red flag law or should have been a red flag. Under the normal course of events, if a petitioner is seeking to involuntarily commit someone to custody on mental health grounds, the petitioner must submit evidence to a judge who will seek the advice of a medical professional. A third party interviews the person subject to the proposed order, then advises the judge. If the judge orders the person's committed, the judge contacts public safety officials. The petitioner isn't involved. Well, yes, correct. So that they can, they can, they have to go through the court proceeding and all that stuff. Right. And they don't get there a piece of paper themselves. That file, like a parent can file. So I'm guessing that's where I'm getting mixed up. Right. Right. All right, Devra. Well, thank you for your uh, thank you for your input on this. Again, I, I understand what you're saying. It's not necessarily the hospital's fault per se because they thought they were operating under a legitimate order. Um, I mean, I don't know what the circumstances were that she was forced to take psychotropics or antipsychotic drugs uh, against her will. Uh, you did mention something in the chat room saying that those are only given under certain circumstances, but it's a big gray area. Mm, I don't know what the gray area is, but uh, and what the justification the gray area is if they're resisting and it's out of control behavior. Yeah. Well, it'll be since everything else seemed to be so calm, including all the videos and the arrest and the collection and the drive and everything else seemed to be so relaxed. Um, uh, I guess I might lose my mind, too, if they were about to inject me with drugs that I didn't want and didn't need. I might I might get a little agitated Correct. myself. Yeah. So, all right, Dever, thank you for uh, thank you for the call. Appreciate you calling in this morning and uh, and joining us uh, on the program. 907-433-3150, Yeah, I mean, it's just there's there's so many questions, so many questions. Um, we have seen the admission from the troopers that they messed up. Senator Hughes's office will be trying to understand why the hospital wouldn't check the validity of the order prior to involuntary treatment. Also, those who were wondering, this would fall under a four. This is Buddy Witt from uh, Senator Hughes's office. Uh, also, for those wondering, this would fall under forgery in the second degree, which is a class C felony if proven in court. Forgery in the first degree, however, those crimes involve forgery of financial instruments, and this doesn't seem to meet that standard. Well, yeah, <clears throat> it's forgery for sure. And, you know, could it be impersonating a, a public official? It could be. I mean, I, I just don't even know. <clears throat> this is the system is not perfect. I agree. Dever just wrote that the system is not perfect. I, I, I'm agree that there is no such thing as a perfect system. The problem here. <clears throat> is that uh, this whole thing went around. And again, nobody is talking about what the ramification are, is going to be for Mary Fulp's future and her career. Somebody in the chat room earlier said that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking for the comment, but that their daughter, 
attends, oh, I have a granddaughter in Colony High School, and she now has concerns. It not only affects those involved, it affects the kids in her school. How is this going to affect her career and her love of teaching kids and working with kids and being the principal of the year last year? How is this going to affect that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Pat, uh, one of the uh, folks in the chat room, Patrick, says, I would have demanded that the trooper verify the order is valid. Yeah, I could see that as well. Okay. Well, I do. I, I hope that this gets, I hope that this hits the national news at some point, because you know what? Somebody's going to pay. The, 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 the state should feel the pain on this. The troopers, they obviously need some remedial training on this. Because the first thing I would have done is picked up my radio and said, uh, I've got somebody handing me this court order. I don't know anything about it. Can you verify that this is happening? Because there would have been a whole different arrest going on if that had happened, right? I uh, this whole thing is just it's insane. That that pretty much sums up my thoughts on the whole situation. All right, my friends. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you. Thanks for coming in and joining us tomorrow. Kelly Shibaka is going to come on. Uh, from the organization Protect Democracy, talking about ranked choice voting. And uh, we'll see what happens uh, from there. Appreciate you guys being part of it today. We'll see you tomorrow. I'd end up being drugged. I'd end up drugged because I'd be out of control, said Laura. Yeah. Well, and is there proof of the out-of-control behavior? We don't know. But if it turns out that they did drug her and it wasn't under the conditions that Deborah was talking about, where they're out of control and a danger to somebody else, well, now the hospital could be liable because they didn't follow the guidelines. She pretty much didn't resist anywhere. Um, You know... It's uh, it's interesting. Seems that the complainant has destroyed this woman's career. She should be entitled to compensation. Uh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, my friends, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for coming in and joining us. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 